Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hello, and thanks for joining me today. I'm glad that you're here, and I'm excited for today's show. We definitely have an amazing guest on with me, and this episode is filled with riveting conversation. Real quickly, though, if you haven't already done so, be sure that you follow the podcast and also share the show with some friends, family, colleagues, and coworkers, too. Today, you are in for a real treat. I had a phenomenal chat with Robbie Fakuri, also known as Robbie Esquire, who, like me, is an attorney. And Robbie also owns his own personal injury law firm in Chicago, where he has been featured nationally numerous times, and he's handled many high-profile cases. As you know, this season especially, I'm really focused on bringing guests on to give you insights on how to move the ball and make things happen. And I will tell you that Robbie is one of those people who isn't just moving the ball, he's definitely dominating the game. On this show, Robbie shares how he built his successful law firm. He also shares a very powerful story that included some of the struggles he went through on his journey, which led him to now prioritize mental health, fitness, and his well-being, which we all know are so important. Robbie and I also discussed the importance of using social media to share your story, to connect and relate to others, and to just develop meaningful relationships with people. I absolutely love my chat with Robbie, and I know you will too. Robbie is out there crushing it, and today he's got great perspectives to share. You ready? Let's go. Robbie, it is so great to have you here inside the huddle with us today. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you so much for inviting me on. Well, yeah, I'm excited for our chat on this podcast. It's all about moving the ball, making things happen. And I'm bringing guests on that have done just that. And you've done such incredible things with your law practice here in Chicagoland. And I'm just really looking forward to us having a conversation around your journey. And before we go there, though, what I want to ask you is, are you ready to move the ball? Absolutely. I've been doing it consistently as an entrepreneur for the last 10 years. So, yes. All right, let's do it. So, Robbie, one of the things that I really like about you, I mean, you're a high performer, you're doing great things in the city with your business, and we'll talk about some of the things that you've done well to get to this point. But one of the things I also like about you, like me, you are an attorney, and you also excelled at your educational endeavors. You were licensed to practice law at the age of 23, which not many people are that young when they get their law license. So kudos to you. I mean, I started taking college classes when I was 15. But as you know, I have other degrees. So law school was number five, degree number five for me. So I wasn't quite 23 when I got sworn into the Illinois bar, but kudos to you. And so tell us, why did you choose the profession of law? What interested you and intrigued you about that profession? Well, first of all, thank you. I credit my parents for the drive that led to me finishing school so quickly. What led me into law actually was simply being confused on what I wanted to do. So I was in undergrad and my whole entire life, I thought I wanted to be a doctor or plastic surgeon specifically. 
And I attended Loyola University out here in Chicago on a scholarship and was pre-med, you know, took the MCAT. And as a part of the graduation requirements at Loyola University, you have to take a foreign language. And I have always been someone who admired culture and, and travel and visiting places around the world. So I decided to do a study abroad in the south of France in Aix-en-Provence. And I saw a different side of the way that people live their lives as opposed to the way it's done here in America. And I saw an appreciation for the time that is so fleeting. And I thought I did not want to be in school as a doctor. Credit to all those doctors out there that are able to do so. Until I'm 40 years old, I knew I had a drive that I just wanted to get out, create my own business one day and be my own boss and make things happen. So I knew I didn't want to disappoint my parents and I didn't let anyone know. I had actually submitted my application and I got my first round from Rush University Medical Center in an email while I was in France. And that's what prompted me to say, this isn't for me. So while I was there, I started Googling what it would take to go to law school. And I signed up for the LSAT while, while I was in France and then took the LSAT, started applying to law schools, waited till I got accepted into a school. And that was what led me into law. And I went to Chicago Kent University here in Chicago. And the best part about it was during our, uh, what is it called, orientation, there was a mock trial team performance. Chicago Kent was number three in the country when I was attending there. I, I'm sure they're still there for trial advocacy. And I fell in love with it. So I, I chose to pursue a path while in law school with a focus on, on trial work. I think that's great. And yeah, mock trial, moot court, those types of activities are just such incredible activities. I actually, something that my listeners don't know about me is I used to actually volunteer to be a judge for a regional moot court competitions and the teams that would come through and the way they would present their arguments. I mean, man, those students were just top notch. And since I was working full time going to law school, I didn't really have time to do moot court, but that's something that I'd always been interested in. I think it's a great activity to really give young students some experience and insight into what advocacy and trial work and, and appellate work can, can be like. So I think it's a fantastic activity that you partook in. So walk us through, you've graduated law school, you've passed the bar. There are so many things that you can do when you have a law degree. You can go work in a company, you can work for a firm, you can do things outside of the field of law. Why did you decide that you wanted to do your own firm and focus on personal injury? I started off with a big firm handling personal injury litigation. And at 25, two years in, and I come from a family of successful commercial real estate management companies, what my father had. And I got a call from the front desk while at that law firm in 2015, maybe early 2016, about a notice of an eviction that the condo that my parents had purchased for me when I started college, there was a foreclosure on it. So I called my father and I said, what the heck is going on here? Your son's a lawyer. How have you not told me about this? And make a long story short, my father had business troubles with his commercial real estate and I had to step up to the plate. I mean, I have parents, my father's an immigrant who moved to this country a Christian Jordanian who moved to this country when he was very young. And he would sell the flowers from the back of the funeral home just to, to bring his brothers and sisters over to this country. And that individual comes with a, a level of drive and work ethic to be able to build what he built naturally flowed to me. And I thought, it's my time to step up to the plate and, and help my family. And I went to the owner of the firm and said, look, this is what's going on. In my first year, I signed 37 personal cases. I'd, I'd leave my business card in the drive-thru at McDonald's. 
And I said, I got to get a raise though. I have to start taking care of my family. You know, he's like, look, that's just not how it works, but I'll let you take all of your cases if you'd like. And I won't take percentage of fee on those personal referral cases that you have. So I was almost forced at 25 and I went in the same building where I was working at the big firm, floor by floor by floor. The firm I was at was at the top floor and I just went down each floor to see if anyone in that building had space. And I finally got to the 23rd floor where there was a commercial trucking personal injury lawyer who had space on the left side of his office, but it was just an empty storage closet with no door in all of his old furniture. And I said, all right, well, I'll build a wall. I'll put up a door and can I rent your space? And that was the history. Wow, incredible story. And it's interesting how life kind of takes us in directions that we hadn't foreseen, right? I mean, you probably thought that you were going to be at that firm for quite a while and then other circumstances made you go a different path. I mean, for me too, when it comes to, I mean, my listeners know, and my goal is to be a Fortune 500 CEO, was climbing the ladder. That all changed after my dad passed away very unexpectedly. And it made me do some thinking on the legacy that I wanted to leave because all the things that I'd been building to that point, the seven degrees, I used to work on billion dollar deals. I mean, all those things that people would be like, wow, that's pretty amazing that you've done that the end of the day, none of it matters when it's your time to go. It's really about the legacy you want to leave. And so for me, I made that pivot. It was a big pivot and a a huge risk. And I did it right before COVID, but sometimes just have to adjust and adapt and go with where life takes you. And so now you've got this business. Robbie, walk us through that first year. You had some cases already. For some people, that's the hardest thing is when you start out, it's getting the business because you don't have that book of business to take with you. But what were some of the challenges that you had in that first year of entrepreneurship? Oh, it was not just the first year. I'd say it was the first three years. The problem for me was, and I would never recommend any young lawyer to go out on on their own because there's such a difference between being a lawyer and being in the business of law, let alone doing so with only two years of experience and being so wet behind the ears. But I opened that practice while also attempting to save a significant commercial real estate business and deal with issues and lawyers and with the bank and That really complicated my abilities and my mental health, frankly, in the first couple of years and really, really, truly took a toll. But with time and with failure, you learn so many lessons that but for that failure, you might not get the blessing to learn. And I would say it wasn't until after 2018, started the firm in February of 2016, when I had a real, a real big scare on my health because I was entrepreneurship just drove me into such a dark, dark place that I, I turned it around and I turned to fitness and, and focus on mental health. And that has truly been the biggest game changer for me and changed the trajectory of the business. You mentioned that you got into a dark place and that you ended up focusing on mental health and fitness. Was there some event or something that happened that made you kind of take a time out? Something that I talk about in my Dominate the Game book is the need to take timeouts and pause and reset and refocus and reflect. Was there something that happened that made you think, you know what, okay, now I need to prioritize health and my mental well-being so that I can continue to move the ball and build a successful business? Yeah, absolutely. So I had a There was a doctor here on Michigan Avenue, and I had told them what was going on starting a new business, the stress of it, and the need for me to be able to handle all this stuff and was prescribed two specific medications, Adderall and Xanax, while suffering truly mentally with depression and financial obligations and starting a new practice. And and it overtook me. 
you know, we're human. And, and sometimes in those circumstances, we allow ourselves to get lost into certain places. And I had a scare, rushed to the emergency room and almost lost my life. And in that very moment, I reflected and said, how was this high achieving 23 year old licensed attorney? How did you get here? And I really did some self-reflection and I dialed back and I turned inward both mentally and with those around me and found what was important, embrace the humility that comes with pain and failure. And that that really has been what changed everything for me because in that very moment, I found, you know, how fragile life is personally. And, and that gave me the drive that today that I have that maybe but for that very dark, scary moment, I, I wouldn't have. For sure. Well, kudos to you for really taking that moment and figuring out, okay, how do I adjust? What do I need to focus on so that I can continue to get out of the state that I'm in now or this place and really do great things? So I think that's awesome. And when you look at the last couple of years of this decade, we have gone through so much as a society with COVID and the economy and just so many different things that are negative in nature. It can be very hard for people to move the ball on a daily basis or be in a positive mindset. There are a lot of people that are struggling with mental health that are having some signs of depression or symptoms of depression. And I mean, there's varying degrees of depression as well. And so when you look at your experience, if you were to give some tips to people that might not be feeling at their best right now and might be struggling, what are some of those things that you would tell them to do? You know, my go-to saying to anyone is always, we are not a victim of our circumstance. We are a product of our choices. And I think that is so important to remember because even in my darkest moments, that wasn't me being a victim of the circumstances around me. I was making choices and decisions that were harming me. I chose to do those things. And so many people that currently struggle fail, I think, to truly apprehend that changing your mindset requires changing your action. And if you remain consistent and patient and determined, disciplined, the change will occur, albeit slowly, albeit difficult, but it happens. And then once you start realizing that you gain strength from the changed action, you begin to empower yourself in a way that you didn't even know you were capable of. I look back today where I was five years ago and could have never imagined both mentally and physically, you know, let alone professionally, that I'd be where I am. And it didn't happen overnight. And I think that's what society fails to recognize because we live in a world with immediate results as the desires that we have from the output we give. We expect to see immediate change because today we've started to do something. And that's just not life. And if we expect to have a change in life, that requires a change in action for life. So it's dedication to a change of action that leads to the change in mindset. I completely agree with you. I mean, the things that we have done in our life and that we're doing currently have gotten us to where we are today. But to get to where we want to go tomorrow, we do have to institute change and be consistent about it. And something else that you made me think about too is you talk about when you look back five years ago, where you were at then versus where you are now. I mean, you can literally reinvent yourself and see 
new outcomes occur, even in just one year, might not be exactly where you want to go. It is not an overnight process. But if you start today and you say, okay, what are the things that I need to do that are different than what I'm doing currently? And just focus on that and be consistent about that. The results are going to come. It might not be as quick as you want, but they will happen. And when I look back at my journey, I mean, people, they see like you, Robbie, I'm always posting on social media and people see the different pictures that I post or events that I'm at with pro athletes. And some of them are big name hall of famers or people that have really excelled in the sport of football. And people are like, wow, Jen, you know, you get to do some incredible things. And I'm like, but it wasn't always that way. You know how long it's been that I've been on this journey? I mean, even with my Move the Ball book, I wrote that 10 years ago. So it's been a long time to get to this point, but people think that you just popped up and it's like, wow, you get to do incredible things. No, I worked every day. I showed up and I was consistent and what I need to do to your point. And when you do that, then you're going to get to where you want to go. It will happen if you stick at it. And, you know, it's funny you say that, too, because so many people I've always been interested in social media and kind of had a built a natural, larger following. I mean, not that significant, but a, a larger following just locally here in Chicago. And I went all in on the social media marketing for my law firm and the way I present myself through my own branding on social media as of December. And obviously, people are seeing how I'm marketing myself and they're like, oh, my God, this is such a quick you're killing it. You're crushing it. It's that's not just because I started doing this marketing and going all in on the way I am being strategic with social media. It's years of work and change and effort and product on a daily basis that has allowed certain results to come during the time period in which I've now pivoted strategy with social media. It's, it's not as if I started in December and all the results from the effort from, from that time are now just immediately happening, especially in the area of the law where things move like molasses. So it's it's very important to keep in mind and bear in mind that while social media is a powerful tool to showcase who and what we are, it's also a dangerous in the sense that it causes those that look to social media for information to believe that immediate results are are how you get there or quick fixes is, is what gets it done. And that's why I find it always so important to utilize my social media to tell my journey and my story completely authentically without shame and without guilt, because I think it could help someone. And you'll see that on my page. I, I focus on three subject matters nearly daily, if not weekly, between mental health, fitness, and, and my profession, because a holistic view of a person allows for an audience to connect a little bit better than just seeing a few photos of, look at me, I'm crushing it. Yeah, I think it's so important for us to share the story because it's through the struggles that we build connection with other people. And it's through our struggles and people seeing how we've overcome them that gives them hope to overcome their struggles. And they'll want to be in your tribe. And as we know, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. So from a business standpoint, when you're putting yourself out there and building those deeper connections, when there's a time and a place and an opportunity, you could have that person be a client or they will refer someone else to you. It's not just all about business. I mean, I think it's about making an impact as well, aside from the business side as entrepreneurs. But I mean, really sharing the story is important. It's not just about the, hey, here I am crushing it. It's, hey, let me tell you all the things that are important to me that got me to where I am, the things I had to overcome and how I'm continuing to be successful so that you can help somebody else be successful as well. And I see your content 
pretty much daily, Robbie. So you're doing great stuff, especially on Instagram. I love your stories. And yeah, you definitely are focusing on those themes that you talk about. You're always showing your fitness stuff. I know you recently did the Murph Challenge. So kudos to you on that as well. That's not an easy thing to do. But as a service member myself, I appreciate you doing that and posting about it here recently. So someone told me, I was on a podcast last year. And usually when you do a podcast, you talk with the host before the show, just a little bit of chit chat. And something that the guy said to me was, he's like, if you don't show up, you can never be found. And he was talking in the context of why he puts his content on YouTube so people could find him there. And I looked at that saying in a broader sense that if you don't show up to life, people can't find you, can't connect, you can't have opportunities present themselves to you. Opportunity dances with those who are already on the dance floor. And I think like the way you show up, just looking at your content, I mean, I think it's very authentic. It's great. It's relatable. And so I just think you're doing a fantastic job. And the other thing, too, I think is something that I say a lot is moving the ball and being able to dominate your game is really about differentiation and separation, meaning how are you bringing differentiated value to the marketplace, to your audience so that people will want to connect with you as well as the things that you do on a daily basis that separate you from the masses so that you can be elite. And so when you look at, you talked a little bit already about the content that you're putting out there, but when you look at how you're separating yourself from others in the legal profession, from just being an entrepreneur, what are some of the things that you are doing on a daily, weekly basis to be different so you can be elite, aside from focusing on your mental health and fitness? Well, first of all, I'm happy you mentioned the YouTube because we are launching, it's already been launched, our our YouTube Shorts page. I haven't publicized it yet. We're going to be doing that in the next coming weeks, just as we're building up the content and the information on the page. But, you know, I'm 33 years old, 10 years in, have my practice now, nearly seven years, but I'm still a younger attorney. And I, I have the advantage, although I will admit that I'm pretty technologically illiterate, so I'm, I'm putting in the right teams. But we're different than these big law firms that have been out there for decades with with such accomplished results because we're able to implement new technology and automation and, and service to our clients in a way that the more archaic firms can't. And what I think separates my office most importantly is our use of social media to inform our audience. I'm not getting on social media simply to say, oh my God, we just got a $1.285 million verdict. Look at me, or you're going to see me in a suit jacket with money signs saying I can get you money. That's that's not what I do, okay? I inform my audience. I provide insight. And I think it's important, especially in the times that we're living now, for people to be aware of their legal rights. And in the world that we live in, where most people's information is no longer gathered by the billboard that they may drive by because people drive less or from the TV commercials that while they do still exist, people just don't watch TV the way that they used to. And they utilize their phones as a source of information. So by providing information prior to incidents occurring, I'm giving potential prospective client the tools to say, oh, I remember this attorney talked about it and now I'm dealing with this issue. I'm going to reach back out to him. And we've built a team that allows for us to manage those clients and their expectations given our digital footprint in a much faster, 
more efficient and responsive way than I think other law firms are able to simply because of the nature of how their business is run. And something I like that you're doing, I mean, you talk about bringing information, what you're also doing, aside from providing information through that, you're serving others, you're bringing value. It's not just about, hey, I've had these settlements and I can help you too, call me, right? It's about, did you know, like you recently did a video where you interviewed people in Chicago and it was like a trivia question, true or false, right? And you were asking people about, did you know this about Illinois law? And it's fun, it's interesting to watch, but it's also informative, which is important. And that's, again, how you're developing connection with people, people will remember that more so than, I mean, I, I used to live in California and Jacoby and Myers was the big law firm that always had these commercials on TV and they'd have the people coming on and talking about their settlements. And it's like, okay, great. But like, I didn't connect with that. Yeah, nobody cares. I mean, exactly. Right. You, you, you don't build a connection. People want to connect to a person. You know, I was asked the question before, well, why are you using your personal page to brand your business if you want to expand? Well, I am my business. I am my brand and I utilize the social media, not just to get business, to build an audience. I mean, I'm getting on there and talking about relevant legal issues or certain cases like the Gwyneth Paltrow case or Alec Baldwin. I'll talk about current legal issues or as a personal injury attorney, we never handle property damage claims, but I'm giving the clients or prospective clients and and people that are following on social media, the tools they need so that when they deal with, let's say, a car accident where there are no injuries, but their car has been destroyed, how to make sure they get their full fair value. And I don't make anything from that. I I just want to make sure people are aware of what their rights and their abilities are with respect to handling certain legal issues that maybe are simple enough for them to take care of. So that that has really changed the way that we've been building our audience, because I, I see from comments or from people that reach out, just saying, oh, I just dealt with this issue. I wish I would have known this ahead of time. So it's important for me to continue to do that because I'm providing more than just, hey, call me, I'm a lawyer if you've been injured, but interest. For sure. And you made me think, I mean, you and I have a common friend, Ben Newman, who is absolutely amazing. So I'll give Ben a quick shout out. But something that Ben and I talked about when Ben was on the show recently was the importance of service to others and bringing that forward, bringing value. It's not just about trying to make a sale or get a client, but it's really just looking at how can I serve other people in the community. And when you do that, the results will come to you when it's meant to come, but it's not just about my business. It's about being of service to others. And you're certainly doing that by providing this information in a very engaging and entertaining or edutaining way. So again, I think you're doing a great job with that. Now you mentioned that your technology skills were not necessarily at an elite level. And so you have a team to help you with that. As an entrepreneur, it's very important to have the right team or as in any business, big, small, whatever, it's important to have the right team members on your team to move the ball forward, right? And so when you look at your evolution over the last seven years with your business, sometimes as entrepreneurs, we make the wrong decision with hiring a different firm or for a product or a service, and we have to cut that loose and try something else. Have you ever had that experience where you've maybe hired someone or brought someone on your team and it wasn't the right fit or they just didn't perform to expectations or their service? Talk to us about that. I mean, as an entrepreneur, you, depending on your character as an entrepreneur and and how your work ethic is, but we tend to hold others to the standard that we would hold ourselves to. And that is where disappointment comes in. Now, I've learned that there's a balance in that thought process that you should always keep people 
accountable and expect to have certain results or a service completed based on the parameters that you give them. But there are just people who cannot live up to the expectations that maybe you expect, especially as an entrepreneur. And I think that's okay because, again, there's a lesson to be learned there. And trial and error and making sure that you see what fits in your business is a part of building your business. So, of course, that has happened. It recently happened not too long ago with with my videographer, my first videographer who I absolutely adored who was great at what he did, just was not right, the right fit for my office. And I did a post on social media and I said, I'm looking for another videographer. And I'm so grateful for who I'm with now because I see the change in my content that is, is comporting with the idea and the vision that I had in building this page. The same holds true for employees or intake coordinators or secretaries or what have you. I'm hiring my first attorney come August, which I'm really excited for. Obviously, that's built on trust, on confidence based on what I've seen, our interviews together. And I'm hoping I make the right decision. And that person lives up to the obligations that they say that they can meet. But that doesn't guarantee that that's what's going to happen. But that's how you build a business and you make decisions based on performance. For sure. And to your point, it's a journey and there's trial and error and you learn from the experiences that don't work out. But I think something that I've learned too, early and I've had other entrepreneurs come on the show and they talk about how you have someone that just isn't living up to a reasonable expectation that you have to cut them loose. You can't just, as a small business, you can't have that extra big companies. When I was in Fortune 50, okay, you have some room for some fat. But when you're a small business, you don't have room. You got to trim that and you got to have people that perform. And so you got to go through that process of finding the right fits. And it's sometimes frustrating, but it's part of your process and you'll get the right people on, but you got to do that trial and error to get there. I think it's just important to say you can't do so from the ivory tower. My business motto has always been, and you know, excuse me for using poor language, but you need to be able to scrub the toilet before you can take a shit on it. I'm a firm believer in that. And what I mean by that is that you need to be able to be hands-on, boots on the ground with those employees that you're holding them to a certain standard because they need to look to you to say that it can get done. And I think it's important for any business owner to remember that you can't just tell someone what to do. You also have to be there and show them and kind of go hand in hand in the initial stages just so that they're properly trained and prepared. Completely agree. Thanks for chiming in on that. So Robbie, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have some fun with my two-minute drill. We'll be right back. Hey, have you moved the ball in your own life today? If you're working toward your dream job, a new personal record, or a bigger salary, you need a plan to consistently make progress. That's why I wrote Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. These books are packed with strategy and easy to implement tips on gaining clarity of your goals, developing your own personalized playbook for success, pushing your boundaries of comfortability, and really elevating and dominating. Go to www.dominateandmove.com and enter code DOMINATE2023 for a 20% discount on the bundle. And all books are signed copies as well. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, Robbie, we are back. Are you ready for these questions? Yeah. All right. First question is, what three words would you use to describe yourself? Resilient, confident, discipline. Great three words. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? My struggle. I try to share it as much as possible, but I don't think many people know just how hard and the severity of what I went through 
from 2016 to 2018, I truly did almost lose my life. And that's something it's important to talk about. I don't always continue to share because it was a very dark period. And I applaud you for having the courage to share that because it isn't easy to do that. So continue to share your story. I know you're doing great things and you're impacting so many people. The next question is, would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion dollar company and why? I think I'd rather be the world champion of my own sport because you're able to do so much in so many different areas just by being such a high performing individual in one industry rather than restricting yourself to one company. Great answer. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? I am currently reading Outlive the Science and Art of Longevity by Peter Ataya, which talks about ways that you, in terms of your health, can live a longer, better, healthier life. Sounds like a great book. I'll definitely have to check it out. Next question is, if you could have any one song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? Oh, that's so tough. I love music. I'm just going to give you an artist and a group by the name of Rufus DeSoul, who just, it just feeds my energy. It feeds my soul. Anything that they produce is amazing. Great. What would your next career move be if you were guaranteed to succeed? I would continue to expand my law practice into different states, hiring different attorneys and continue to build a a virtual law firm of the future. Nice. I like it. You have 24 hours and a private plane that will take you anywhere. Where are you going? I think I'd go to South Africa. Nice. I've never been, but I've always wanted to go. So great choice. The bonus question, Robbie, is M&M's plain or peanut? Neither. (gasps) Hate the smell. Oh, no. Okay. So if you were to have a sweet treat, what would it be? If you're from Chicago and you would know, it would be Portillo's chocolate cake. Oh, that is good. Definitely. All right. So I have another question for you that is just for our episode. I've not asked any other guests this, and you're going to laugh when I ask you this because I hope you know the answer to this because I got this from you. How many stars are there on the Chicago flag? There are four. There you go. Yes, I watched that this morning. I was like, oh, (laughs) yes, I know that one. (laughs) So very good. So Robbie, as we look to close the show, any last thoughts for our listeners? And also let us know too, where can people follow you? Where are you at on social media? Yeah, absolutely. So we're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube shorts at Robbie, R-O-B-B-Y underscore Esquire. And I just want to end with Moving the ball is such a great way to describe how to become successful. It's inch by inch. It's foot by foot. It's mile by mile. It is never a sprint. It is always a marathon. So I I compliment you for the name. It takes everyday consistent effort to move things a little bit more forward. So thank you for having me on. Thank you. Now, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I really appreciate your story. The challenge for our listeners is think about your story and have the courage to share it with others because you never know who you might connect with. You never know who might just get some extra motivation and some positivity for them because they might be going through a similar struggle. So have the courage to share your story and don't be afraid to put yourself out there on social media. Thank you again, Robbie, for being on the show. It's been great having you on. Thanks to our listeners for listening to today episode. If you haven't already done so, I say this on every show, please hit that follow button so that you never miss a future episode. And also share the show with some friends, family, colleagues, and coworkers too. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. All right. Thanks again for listening. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. 
And also, share the show with a few friends too. Next, I want you to go to getinsidethehuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.